Now let's go to our series, which is going to be ending today. The series on uh, Want More. Ang tanong itabay tayong siyurun ba magsayramata o hinloron? Series ko na ba Want More? And uh, who among you, you have enjoyed studying the series with us on finances? You've learned a lot about, about the series on finances. I hope you had, and I hope you are now applying it in your lives. Now let's just review what we have learned already in our week one. So we're going to be preaching about the end of the series, so I have to, I have to make a recap of what we have learned. Anyway, what we learned about week one, I wasn't here, but I was listening to the podcast, and I think Angela did an amazing job. He talked about godly contentment. On week one, we have learned that a godly life, it leads to contentment that can only be experienced through Jesus Christ. And you can never be and will never get to that place of contentment unless Jesus is with you. This is not about a religious experience. This is a personal walk and a personal knowledge of who Jesus is. Because even if we go to church every day, you will never experience contentment unless you know Jesus personally in your life. And so this contentment comes through knowing Christ first. And the godly contentment makes you not pursue things that are not of the Lord. So question, are you content with what you have? Now it's easy to say yes. It's easy to agree on my statement today. But when you are in a place where you don't have money anymore, Will you be content with what you have? When you want to achieve something and you're not being promoted in your office, and you have set for yourself a career path, are you content with where you are right now? Many times we desire more. That's why the title of the series is Wanting More. And we know that we will never be satisfied, right? You will never be satisfied. You will always want more. But if Jesus becomes your contentment, this satisfaction is filled completely by Christ. Now, 
Iisus Hristos. I think many of you have experienced that, that satisfaction came from God. So that was the message in our week one. This godly contentment comes from knowing Christ. And so the week number two, Pastor Victor was here last week. How long you were here last week? Wow. So, it was really nice to be able to have Pastor Victor here and host him. Today, he's going, he's going back to... He's on his way to Kenya, but he's dropping by at Singapore. And he, we know that he has served Timor-Leste for nine years. That's amazing. Okay. So every time I see a missionary going out, I know that one day God is also going to call us out. My family will have to go to another destination as God has planned. And, uh, but that doesn't, uh, that doesn't stop us from doing God's will now. But that's the thing. God is calling uh, people out because there are so many people out there who needs to find Jesus and who needs to know who Christ is. And so we were warned in the scripture that as if you're a rich person, your security doesn't have to come from the abundance of your possessions. Because if your answer is Christ, it says there, riches will never be a question. You know, it means that if you have Christ as well in your life as your security, whatever need you have, you just have that peace in your heart that, hey, God is going to provide for this. You know why? Because Christ already has provided, God already has provided His very own Son, Jesus Christ, for our greatest need. Paulina, what is our greatest need? Our greatest need is salvation. Our greatest need is reconciliation back to God the Father. It's not dollars. It's not a house. It's not a doben. But really, it's about that uh, it's a God had to solve our greatest problem. You know what our greatest problem is? We are separated from Christ because of the sin that we have committed. And forever, what will happen is that we will be eternally separated from God. And so God solved that greatest problem of man so that you will not have to worry about your daily provisions. So that's why if Christ be my life's answer, riches will never be a question. Can you say that with me? Go. If Christ be my life's answer, 
Riches will never be a question. That's an amazing thought. So now we go to our third, uh, our third topic on this series. Uh, I want you to stand up with me. Right. I think the series has been emphasizing about Christ and how He gives us that contentment and how He gives us that security. Today, as we talk about the last topic, we will focus on what should we do now. How do we practically apply that security in God, in Christ, that godly contentment that we have? So we focus on that. So I want you to just read with me two verses. Okay. Let's read it all together in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verses 18 to 19. Right, go. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus, storing up treasure for themselves, come on everyone, read, as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Now, We'll be able to better understand that through Lifwandiyak. Go ahead. May talaya tayton idarua tolo. Dehan basira atu halok halok diak no sairiku halok diak atu sair laran lua kodi hakarak fae sernia sasan hobe maselo. Nune sira belahetan Morris nebe mesak maklolos hodi rai helariku soim barak baban bayruanian. Father in heaven, we thank you that there is a purpose for prosperity. You want us to be generous. To be ready and willing to share whatever we have, whatever you have given us to others. May we be may we be a church who who lives and who practices extravagant generosity. May you allow us to understand your words today. How to practically apply your 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 uh, your scriptures. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please do have a seat. Right. So we want us to understand today what would be the practical application if you're a person who already has godly contentment and who has security in God alone. Now, uh, who among you here, you have money problems? It's it's like your money is not always enough. Come on, raise your hand. I would have to raise my hand as well. Okay. It, it seems like money is not always enough. Okay. <laughs> well, there's only one who did not raise her hand. So approach her later because I think she has a lot of money here. Have you noticed who who did not raise her hand? 
I think Seth did not raise her hand, so go ahead, approach her later, okay? <laughs> I think she would be giving away so much later. <laughs> so, anyway, and, and because we think that we don't have enough, we want more. Well, when my kids, when we first came here in 2013, I felt like we were we were amply supplied. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our support is so much. We had so much extra. And then later on, staying here for the past six years, I've noticed that on our fourth year, we said, why is it that this is not enough? The money that we, the, the support that's coming in every month. We realized the dollar exchange had really gone up. And because of that, it took away around one third of whatever support that we have. And and so we began to ask the Lord, Lord, how do we go about this one? And so we, we said, uh, we have to go back and raise more support. Now listen, as missionaries, we are supported by friends, by partners. Every nation, Timor-Leste, does not support us. Every nation, Timor-Leste, does support us. Okay, so we came here to support every nation Timor-Leste. And I thank God for all the missionaries in the past who have really given their support to this ministry. So now having said that, we, we realize that there would always be a need. Because it was not only the exchange rates that, the, that are affecting the value of our money, um, I'm talking about the exchange rate because our money comes from the Philippines. In Philippines, it has to be converted to dollar. There's a particular exchange rate, okay? But that's not the only thing that changed. Our kids begin to grow up. The food that they were eating before, they eat now, they, they, they eat more, okay? <laughs> they needed more clothes, okay? They needed more, more things. And then they began to study in an international uh, homeschool, uh, homeschool, high school. So that, that created more need for finances. Two of them are actually under, under Australian-based homeschool education. And so I have to go to God, Lord, I want more. <laughs> I want more support. But you know what? God would always answer us in a very, I mean, God allows circumstances to just, to just continue to assure you that He is there all the while. 
Now, let's go back to, to the word today. Because I wanted us to learn three things. And three things that we should be practically doing as people of God. Because our security, because our contentment is already in Christ. Now, let me just discuss again what we discussed last week. So it's, it says here, can you read this with me? Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Sorry, I don't have a tattoo of that. Go ahead, bro. Ya tetun diang kata hanorin fuaten ba emasirane be makariku ya mundune atula bele gabaan kafotian no tausernia confianza la bele sernia osan be maka ita la bele da confianza ba sernia confianza tengi iha maromak be maka fo benson barak basira no atalo ita hak solo ko serma ita iha Now if you look at the whole scripture from 17 18 and 19 it talks about a contrast between two people and Paul was making a difference between a person who puts his, his, his trust on riches and a person who actually shares and is generous because he understands the eternal value of his giving. And so we are being encouraged here that we don't trust money, we don't trust possessions, but our security should be in the one who actually, what? Gives it to us for our enjoyment. Now remember, Paul was writing to Christians. And there was a situation in the church, right? As has been explained by Angela, that the ministry is being used for self-gain. Some people are using their position to be able to gain more money for themselves. And so, uh, and, and so Paul was saying that you rich people in the church should have this kind of attitude instead. And so, let's go to some practical application. How do we... How do we practically apply what it means to put our security in God alone? Right, okay. Let me answer it with this first answer. Can you read this with me? Our good works should be more abundant than our earthly possessions. One more time. Our, our good works should be more abundant than our earthly possessions. Well, Jesus would tell us in Matthew 6, 33 that we should seek the kingdom of God first, right? 
Antara Yesus tiada mai dah kata ia Matius nen tiga puluh tiga dan kata kita tengi buka maromak nerenu uluk. And because we should see, because we are seeking the kingdom of God first, we are actually accumulating good works more than our earthly possessions. Tambah kita buka maromak nerenu uluk, kita tahu hamutuk servisu dia kliu fali itania posis itania poserma kita ia mundune. Okay, let's read this together. Command them to do good. To be rich in good deeds, it's a command. Kemudian saya mandatu ida baita dian kata haruka sira atau dian basira atau haluha haluk dia nosairiku haluk dia atau saya laran luak hodiah karak fahir sirnya sasan. Let's just focus on the first part of that verse. Mai tahu anda sasan bap. Okay. Dehan basira atau haloha halok diak no sairiko hoha halok diak. Just, just, just focus there. Okay. Dehan basira. So it's a command. Untuk dehan sen saya mandatu ida haruka ita. So Paul was saying to Timothy that you have to command the rich people in the church. Untuk Paulu dehan bati mautu dehan katak imi otengi otengi haruka emak rikusere iha. Now look at that person next to you. Harap emak turut tepatnya sorin. He is he or she a rich person? Oh, emane emariku galai, emariku ida galai. Kia ka? Osan lai, osan lai ya. Osan iha. Sekarang kita iha osan. Okay, itariku. All right, right, that's it. Bro, you were able to come here today, right? You have your gasoline for your motorbike, right? Obele ma iha neta ma oiha oiha mina iha one motor nekalai. Yeah, he has a motorbike, so he. Now, when you look at it, it's a command to everyone who has possessions. Anton imhare ba dia neta niya katag dia ba emahoto na emak iha sasan. Who among you has possessions? Sama iha rekuswa niya sasan balo. Yeah, you have possessions, right now. Who among you have cell phones? Raise your hands. I think every one of you would have a cell phone, right? Oh, see? Okay. And how long you have smartphones? Most of you also would have smartphones. iPhone. Not really iPhone, okay? I'm not talking about iPhone, but really smartphones. But most of you would have some possession, and actually that will make you rich. Even if the money in your pocket is just for a bemo later. Now, the command is for every one of us here. That's what I'm saying. Alright. So, what do we have to do? Our point number one would tell us this. That we have to be We have to be working. And and that work should be good. Antara itu ni pon tu pemerintah yang kata kita perlu servis, orang itu ni servis untuk tinggi servis untuk memang dia. Now, what are those good works that you think you are actually doing for the Lord? Antara saya memang servis untuk yang persis ini persis jahalau, ini hanya kerana ini halau bermaromak. Now, initially, the word good there, the word good is actually about God doing good to you first, so you can actually do good to others. Antara Buat lefuan nama dia hendak kena bantai ni dia kuliah karena maroma kalau dia tanpa ini atau imbah dia kena meseluk. That particular word talks about us 
participating in the good works that God had prepared for us. Participa So we we all are, are are part of this good works that God wanted to do on earth. Now, let me just tell you some stories on in the old day, olden days of Christianity, in the first days of Christianity. And the Christianity was being practiced in the Roman Empire. Now, this these Christians, these Christians are actually doing well because they were showing love to as many people as possible. Now, there was a Roman emperor who doesn't really like them. He was opposed to Christians. But then he would observe the Christians, they are the ones caring for the sick. In those times, they were killing, they were killing uh, babies because they would abandon babies, but these Christians would get the babies with, uh, with them, raise them up, and, and, and treat them like their own sons, and Christians are the ones doing the orphanages. And the pagan religion in, in Rome tried to do what they are doing, the Christians. But they cannot. Now the, the emperor noticed that as Christians, why can they do that? Why is it that they can really love others? Why is it that they would uh, care for the poor? They would feed the poor. They would raise uh, abandoned children as their own. At the end of it, this, this particular emperor, and he is this, Julian the Apostate, he was the last non-Christian emperor in Rome. He mentioned this on his deathbed in AD 363. I'm not sure if I pronounce the Latin well, but it looks like that. Can you say that? Okay, it means you Galileans. He was talking about the Christians. You have conquered. Because the Roman Empire, the Roman, this Roman Emperor, they they were neglecting the poor, but the Christians were taking on the poor. They would show charity. They would be generous. They would be giving of themselves. But then this, the pagan culture would reject people who are in need. They did not win because they were in politics. They won because of agape love. What is agape love? 
This is agape actually means unconditional. They had an unconditional love for one another and for the people around them. You remember Jesus telling his disciples, I give you a new command. He said to them, this is the command I give you, love one another. And the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Out of that love that we have experienced from the Lord, we will be doing good works. And, high, and we hope that one day, the good works that you have done will be more than the possessions that you have. Now, who among you are counting on the number of good works that you have already done? I think it's only the Lord who would know that. But God is skipping score. That means He is counting. He is looking at your life. He knows that you are doing good works. And as long as you always do that good work out of love, then God is pleased and honored with that. Now how do we do that now? Maybe when you pray for one another. Maybe when you give that extra money that you have to that person who was in need. Maybe when you care for that person and just be with him in his time of trials and troubles. Maybe just by understanding that person next to you and just being there for him or her. Now, whatever good work, God is going to be able to uh, stir up something in you to be able to serve others as well. Now, let's go to our second, second point. How else do we apply this? So the people in the in the time of uh, in the time of Timothy were being commanded to do good. And they were told to be rich in good works. When you say rich in good works, that your good works are overflowing. People know that you are a person who helps. People know that you are a person who cares. Now, how are we known by our community? How are you known by your classmates? How do people see you when you are in a, at your work? Do they see that you are rich, rich in good works? I hope that people see that in us because we are the children of God. Now here's the second thing from that verse 18. It says there that our lifestyle should be that of extravagant generosity. Wow. Extravagant generosity. How do we do that? How do we say that? Now when you talk about extravagant, that means being liberal. Being, uh, being always ready to share. 
Ele diz, Remind the wealthy, come on, to be rich in good works of extravagant generosity, willing to share with others. One more time. Remind the wealthy to be rich in good works. This means you're giving beyond, uh, beyond reasonable, uh, I mean, beyond what is reasonable or what is appropriate. Because you're just so secured. You're just so content, content in, in what you have. Look at this next... Um, Can you read this with me? This one is in another version. It means to be generous and ready to share. Okay? Now, during the time that the, the Christians were first uh, in the book of Acts, every day they would come together. And then they will eat together, they will break bread, they will do communion together, they will, they will listen to the apostles' teaching together every day. And then, because of their hearts, because of their generosity, what happened was, they would sell their possessions. They would sell their extra land and then whatever are the proceeds, they would, they would put it down at the apostles' feet. And then the apostles will distribute it to everyone who has need. Amazing. You know what happened? In those early Christianity, no one had a need because everyone is, uh, I mean, every need has been taken care of. And this lasted for many years. That's amazing. We want to be able to see that in this church. That you and me, there will be no one here who has need because you have something to share for that particular need of your brother and sister in the world. I hope every one of us here, would, they, we would have a job. And if you know of some opportunity or some open doors to have a job, you would give that opportunity to your brother and sister. We would be generous and we would be ready to share. Another one, okay? Read this with me. This one is NLT, the same version, uh, the same verse. Let's read it. Tell them. To use their money to do good. 
They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. That's amazing. Right? Say that again in Tetanba. Okay, tell that person next to you. Okay. Exactly this one. Use your money to do good. Go ahead. Okay. Use your money to do good things, good things for people, for others. Okay? Now, maybe you know this guy. This guy is William Colgate. William Colgate, oh. Okay. William Colgate. William Colgate. Lived in 1783 to 1857, so he's long gone. But this guy is a Christian. And let me read about his story. Okay. So, William Colgate not merely gave one-tenth of the earnings of Colgate's soap products, okay? This one, by the way, is the soap product, Colgate. That's exactly him. He owns that, right? So, every time you brush your teeth, remember, <laughs> William Colgate. Every time you use a soap, that's Colgate palm olive soap, then... Remember William Colgate. Okay? Now, now, this guy was 16 years old when he tried something. He tried, he tried to start a business in New York City. And previously, he was working in a manufacturing firm or a manufacturing shop of soap. So he knows how to make soap. And so he moved to New York and then he was going through the canal and the, the captain of the canal boat was also a Christian. That guy told him this one. Someone will soon be the leading soap maker in New York. He was talking about William. He said, you can be that person. But you must never lose sight of the fact. That the soap that you are making has been given to you by God. Honor him by sharing what you earn. Begin by tithing all you receive. So when he heard that, he was, he was really encouraged. And, and he decided to not only give his tithe, 10%. It was not enough for him to give 10% to the Lord. So he tried his business. 
There were times that he failed, but when it was already growing, he started giving 20% away. And then he started giving 30%. 40 40%, 50%, 60%. He was so generous, 70%, 80%. Yeah. You know what his goal was? His goal was to keep the 10% and give the 90% away. And he achieved that in his lifetime. More than 100 years, right? 1857. More than 150 years ago, this guy started something. Right now, it's still living. Colgate Palmolive. Amazing, right? So he became a billionaire. And do you, don't you know that more than half of the billionaires in the world, more than half of the billionaires in the world, are actually Christians. It's amazing. God is blessing because they know how to be generous. Now, what is generosity for us? Generosity is anything that you give away to the Lord beyond the 10% required. Our tithes is everything that we have belongs to God. But God requires the 10% back to Him. The 90% it's for you to decide what to do with it. But a generous person will get another percent from that 90% and give it away for anything that will advance the kingdom of God. And we are always giving that opportunity to you every time you open that envelope there. Can you give me the envelope, bro? Just a copy. If you look at this, there's tides here. Every time you give your tithes and then after that give an offering, that's generosity. Every time you give to missions, that's generosity. To charity, for benevolence, that's generosity. Every time you give to life scholarship, every nation campus, and even partner with any of our, uh, any of our campus ministers, that is generosity. Now listen, there are so many people who are generous on earth. There is a, there is a, um, the giving pledge. I, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but billionaires, they would sign up to this giving pledge. There are 200 plus billionaires that are that are that has signed to that uh, 
to that pledge. Então Emma, bilionário, bilionário quase atos rua, maka asina atu for. It was started by the the richest man on earth. Who's the richest man on earth? Bill Gates. Yeah. And, and then they started giving and whatever is the money there about 500 plus uh, billion as well they are being given away that's amazing now what we wanted is to get to that place of even giving away most of our wealth Now listen, so many people are giving away something. Right? But as a Christian, what's in it for you? Yes, what's in it for us? What's the difference between Between a Buddhist giving to giving to charity, between a Muslim giving to charity, between all the other religions and all the other organizations and NGO helping the poor, doing something for the nation, and so on and so forth, with you as a Christian, with you as a Christian. Então, nenhuma diferença da Emma 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 Buda Sira Emma 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 religião se é look Emma Emma Islam se é mais foba foba Emma azul Emma que é Sira então diferença o diferença o ida cristão não sai da Now what is the difference? Será que não é diferença? Let's just our third point today. Então lidera vai ter nia para. What's in it for me? Okay. Vai ter nia ponto terceiro ou ainda ou não? Então nia vai ter sai da. Here's the third point. Our good works are with eternal significance. Remember this. Can you read this with me, please? Our good works are with eternal significance. All the other good works of those that are not part of the Christianity, not part of the children of God, they are going to be useless and they are not going to matter for all eternity. But what you do for the Lord, the good works that you do, the generous heart that you that you manifest and display, will all matter for all eternity. Okay, read this with me. If they do that, that means being generous. They'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. Okay? Now this is... That's good. That's good. Now... This is an encouragement to every one of us Christians. That whether rich or poor... You can actually give, and whatever you give matters to the Lord. The beautiful thing about laying laying something down. Right? If you lay something down, that means if you continue to lay your treasures and 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 you you practice generosity in your life. You will actually increase whatever you have already laid here on earth with whatever is the equivalent of that in heaven. Now, another scripture tells us this one. 
By doing this, they will be storing up, come read with me, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Jesus was saying that it's better for you to have treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not dis- do not destroy. Every time you do good works. Every time you practice generosity. You are actually laying up on your bank accounts in heaven. Now the good thing is God records all those. And if you notice, it says there, you may experience true life. Now what does that mean? That means that your money, your wealth, your possession doesn't have a, doesn't have a hold on you. That means you're free. You're free to be able to believe God for, for, for greater things in your life. And as the blessings of God come through, there will be plenty for you. You can freely give away to anyone who has need. God wants us to be ready and willing to share. Right? Now, ask that person next to you, are you ready to share? All right. Are you ready to share? Okay, that, that's the thing here. Are you here. ready to share? I hope you are. Now, look at this. Uh, another, another version says that you may take hold of the life that is truly life. So being in that place of generosity and being ready to share your finances, your whatever possessions you have to others is actually a life that is truly life. That's why the scripture would say that it would be blessed more to what? To give than to Receive, right? To be blessed means to gain the favor of God. To be blessed means to be surrounded by God's grace in everything that you do. And so when we are generous, when we are willing to share, this is what happens. Not only that you are laying up your treasures in heaven, you are also living the life that God has called you to live. Okay. And look at this, laying up in store, King James Version, same verse, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation. That's nice. I like that word, good foundation. You know that a foundation is something that you put some, uh, is a, a foundation is something that you put something over it, right? You put something over a foundation, right? Now, as you continue to be generous, as we continue to practice contentment, as we continue to practice security in the Lord and being generous, we are laying all those, everything that we are giving away unto that foundation. 
Entonces, es que interfaz de continúa práctica, esta práctica, esta gente contento, ser mi hija, esta gente seguro, de dejarlo, de dejarlo, esta generosidad en la fatin, esta tau, se da, botó tu hija fundación en el eten. Now, it says, may lay hold on eternal life. Talks about our eternal perspective. Are you living for the earth only? Or are you living for that eternity that's up ahead of you when the time comes? I want to live for that. Yes, it's not to say that uh, gaining material possessions, it's not bad at all. Desiring to have your own house, desiring to have your own car, it's not bad at all. Okay? You, you envisioning that you're going to be growing in your career and you'd be earning more, that's not bad at all. As long as you know that everything that God gives you has to be given back for His glory and honor alone. Go ahead, enjoy your house. <laughs> but let that house and that home be a blessing to others as well. Right? Someone doesn't have a place to stay, why don't you just come overnight and just stay with us for the night? Right? Whatever it is that you have, God can use that to be a blessing to others. Isn't it right? Now, as we end this message today, I want you to read this in Tetun first, bro. One day, everything that you are giving away, Everything that you are you are using, your your the good works that you are doing, the richness of the good works. Will become your richness in heaven when the time comes. I like that. I'd rather be rich in heaven. Than have all the possessions on earth. And be a poor guy in heaven. I wanna be I wanna be a rich person in heaven. Because my riches will honor God. It will please my God the Father. And maybe out of that I can build mansions as well. But the reality is God is Jesus is building places for us to stay in heaven. Maybe they already you he is already using the the treasures that you are laying up on heaven for that particular homes that he is preparing for you as well. Now let me let me give us a one point message for today. Can you read this with me? Godliness with contentment leads to a lifestyle of extravagant generosity. One more time, go. Godliness with contentment 
leads to a lifestyle of extravagant generosity. Okay. Tell that person next to you. Be extravagantly, extravagantly generous. Come on. Be extravagantly generous. Be extravagantly generous. All right. So that means to say, uh, in short, you can say, give extra. <laughs> All right, give more. Let's all stand up right now. So godliness with contentment. We are content with what we have because our security is God. Okay. But it doesn't mean that you stop envisioning that you will grow in your particular situation and to, to become a person who is also going to be rich in the, in, in the future. But whatever we have right now, let's start practicing extravagant generosity. After the service, find someone whom you would like to bless. I hope that you can use whatever you have to be able to to encourage that person. Now in this particular last verse, it says here, can you read this with me? By, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory excellence. Wow. If you are in Christ, you already have everything that you need to live a godly life. Remember that. If you're, if you're that person, you know that you're a Christian, you're a child of God, just thank God today. Lord, thank you. I have everything that I need to be able to live a godly life. Now it says there, by coming to know Him. Maybe some of you here, you don't know Him yet. When you talk about knowing Him, knowing Christ Jesus personally. You may be going to church, you may be a religious person, but that doesn't make you know Him. This is a decision that you have to make. I want you to know that you cannot know Christ because we are sinners. 
The Bible says our sins have separated us from God. And because because of that, whatever we do, we can never get to know God. Because just one sin, we are already doomed to go to hell. And we have a lot of sins. But then God knew exactly that we cannot save ourselves. And so because of that, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our behalf. So that we can come to know Him. And so we have the opportunity today. If we accept that we're a sinner, we cannot save ourselves. If we believe that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross, He rose again from the dead so that we may have eternal life. And He is able to give us the forgiveness, the restoration to God the Father, as we repent and turn away from our sins. This is an opportunity for every one of us. And so, we'd like to give you an invitation. Jesus, the boat Jesus hanas hau ni nai no anu salvador azuda hau atu bele moris tuiri ta boat ya hau ni moris tomak hau hatene katak hau la bele halo ho hau ni forsa rasik tambane hau persija spiritu santo ni forsa Atu bela azuda hau, na fatin tau konfiansa, iha ita bot. Obrigado ba salvasan no emak iha? Hau agradese, kodis Jesus nianaran. Amen.
เวลาทุนทิลิมันอะไรบ้างทีนะ c o a t i o n s to those of you who made the decision today Every one of us here also made that decision So I see you Nina I see Dan I see Flavia 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 So why don't we give them a round of applause This is a personal decision that you have made And God Looked at you, and he saw you, and he is pleased. Now we would like to help you grow in your relationship with God. So later we'll we'll talk to you more about it. But for every one of us here, how among you you are content that God is your God? Just let's just praise the Lord today. Let's both raise, raising both of our hands. Let's declare today the goodness of God. Our Father in heaven, thank you. For you are our God. We are secured in your love. And so, therefore, we are content with what we have. And this godly contentment, we know you will use us towards extreme generosity. May we be a blessing to the people in our church community. But not only here, but also outside of this church. May we be a blessing to our communities, to our households, to our campuses, to where we, to to our workplaces. Lord, we thank you. That you will show your goodness to the to, to other people through the lives that we live. And so use us, O oh God, to continue to advance Your kingdom wherever we are, because we know You are always with us, Lord. As we raise our hands, we're saying that our needs are met. Whatever we need, may it be finances, may be emotional help. Maybe a grace to be able to do something. Clarity in making decisions. Or healing in our bodies in the name of Jesus. We say today we have received your grace. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the provision. Thank you for the favors. Thank you for the salvation of our family members. Thank you for using us greatly. For your honor and for your glory alone. In Jesus. Name we pray. Amen. Amen.